Welcome to the Liberty Moms podcast. Thank you for joining in today. I'm Chris Kimball, hosting, and Liberty Moms are part of the Loving Liberty Network. And we love that you take the time to listen and learn about the issues here in Utah. Liberty Moms are the real secretaries of defense when it comes to their home, their children, and their communities. And today, my guest is Chris Martinson from Voice of the Voiceless. And he is representing um, the, when we talk about voice of the voiceless, those who don't have a voice. And that happens to be our beautiful, precious babies that are in the womb, that are growing, that are um, being nurtured by their mama. And um, they haven't been able to voice their concerns about what happens to them. And so, Chris, thank you for this amazing work that you do representing the most vulnerable individuals in our society, which is our little pre-born babies, our precious babies. So thank thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me today. Yeah. So I just, I mean, honestly, uh, of course, we know that there's a huge trigger firestorm going on that has happened in the last um, eight, nine days or so because of the leaked memo from the Supreme Court and there's been a lot of weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Because people are being restricted from killing babies. That's the, that, is, that is what is so ama- astonishing about the whole thing is the idea that they're this upset because they've lost or they feel they've lost. It really, they really haven't. I mean, that's just a facade because there's many states in the United States that still have legalized abortion. Yeah, and see, that's the that's kind of a disheartening thing uh, to just think about that because Roe versus Wade, you're right, it hasn't been uh, overturned yet. We we had a, le- a leaked letter. We'll see what happens. It you know that looks good, and and Roe versus Wade should be overturned, but what we've done with our pro-life legislation in across the nation and all these states is what we've actually done is here legalized abortion. So if Roe versus Wade is overturned, we've written laws to actually make it legal and keep it legal, where in the Constitution, it's never been legal to kill or to murder anyone. And that's, that's pretty disheartening, and, and it's a tough thing to think about. Okay, and so I'm glad you brought that up because I, when you when you brought that up to me originally, I had really not thought about that, and it was just like I had this like epiphany, you know, like whoa, wait a minute, we thought we were doing something good, and it really isn't good, but it's only because we're not doing the right thing. The right thing would have been initially back in 1973 when the Supreme Court gave their opinion and ruling is for the state of Utah to look at that and say, okay, that's an interesting ruling. 
But, you know, we're going to honor the Constitution in Utah. That's right. (laughs) Constitution protects every life. Every life has the right to life. And we are not going to follow that ruling because it doesn't follow the Constitution. And that's what the states are supposed to do is just push back and say, no, thank you. That's not a valid ruling. That's right. We got busy passing laws, and those laws then ended up making uh, an abortion procedure legal. Right. And see, that should, like you said, we're fighting here in Utah to end abortion. We can do that in in Utah, but this really is a a national, it's for the whole world, but it's a national thing that, that we should end. It's just like um, the same principle of slavery. It wasn't, that was actually in the constitution, Um, but they had to change the constitution in order to take that out. Abortion is not in the constitution. And I think what's happened is um, one thing that we tried to do here was that platform change to change the language and take out the exceptions because the focus of this is, um, we want to encourage adoption through the platform and that language change, but we also know constitutionally that it is wicked and evil law to regulate, to say when you can have an abortion for, for any reason. Um, we want to love and help all those women, all those babies, a hundred percent. Um, and it says, it says in the Bible, um, you know, it, it, it commands our, our leadership, Proverbs seventeen fifteen. he who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the righteous are both like an abomination to the Lord. Both. You can't justify some of the killing of babies and you can't um, allow some people to do it. It has to be 100% illegal it's an abomination and so that's the the touchy part of this that we see is that people say well i don't want to say that um the moms are victim or are are allowed to or, or will be tried for murdering their child if they murder the child the pro-life industry the leadership the the nation they've painted this picture of of the mom that goes in and has an abortion that she is a victim as well but she knows what she's doing she knows where she's going she knows it's a it's a, a reason for herself to kill a baby and she is not she is not a victim i mean you you know we're out there every day and we see it and they are not victims going in well, some women would, for example, I have, I have a friend who, um, I've actually had a couple of friends, but um, had abortions when they were young, younger, and um, they were, one I felt was victimized because her boyfriend was putting a lot of pressure on her, and she didn't want to, to tell her family, and so he was just saying, hey, if you don't do this, I'm going to not be here for you. And, and so, again, it's not, they're not at a place where they're getting good counseling. They're not getting good um, information. And even if they were to go to Planned Parenthood, they do. We'll, we'll, they'll tell them, hey, this isn't a baby. You're, mm-hmm. This is just a clump of tissue. And, and so they've been kind of lied to. You know, True. So, Yes. Some of the women, they've been lied to, which 
in turn, and I know with my with a couple of my friends who have you know shared with me that they did abort, it is something they've regretted the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. They've dealt with depression, and it's it's been something that has been a horrible thing for them to carry the rest of their life, making that decision, you know. Um, but um, we've gotten to the point, though, where I can see where people have become so radicalized that abortion, there's, I don't know if it's a cognitive dissonance, but it's celebrated. It's like a badge of honor. It's like, good for you. You took control over your body. And they're not even realizing that they've murdered somebody. You know, it's so wicked. Yeah, the the conditioning of uh, society now has brought it to this point to where we, um, you know, as a society, will say that it is okay to do this. And I think that that uh, you know, talking with the younger group of people, they've never been in a time, they've never lived in a time where it wasn't okay. They think of this as just something that that you can do. Although when you talk to them, their arguments. Um, to them um, to why they're having a, an abortion are uh, really bankrupt arguments. They do know that it's a baby. Even Planned Parenthood doesn't argue that it's a moment at the moment of conception, that it's a baby anymore. Now the argument has gone to, I know it's a baby and I can kill my baby because I'm the mother, mother and I, it's my choice. Those are the conditioning. Now, what wow. going back to what you did say earlier, um, yes, yeah, so of course there are there are victims of um, there are mothers that are victims. We're not saying that um, that there um, there aren't, and those should be dealt with with the law as well. I mean, there are um, the, the the trafficking and um, prostitution the, the, that are taken in there. I mean, we we actually have seen that as well. And there are, um, those need to be dealt with, you know, as well. Um, but, uh, as a, as a nation, as our lawmakers, as our, um, our, our states, our, our, you know, our, our group leaders, our, our, our pro-life leadership in the, in the industry. Um, and when I say industry, I'm talking about our lawmakers are um, the ones that run off of pro- being pro-life that, that really aren't. And um, they need to, to have, uh, they, they need to stop showing partiality. It says in the Bible not to show partiality. And they are, they are showing partiality to the wicked. They need to end this. You know, I've end. learned, I've learned so much about the, the pro-life discussion because of my, um, because of knowing you and what you've, me because I've been involved in it for a long time, but um, once I met you and you talked to me and instructed me about well, how when you say pro life, what does that really look like? Because I know what it looks like for me, yeah. and as soon as I started interviewing candidates and I'd get specific with, so what does pro life tell me what that looks like to you? I would realize that this person was not pro life because right. it had all these exceptions, yeah, you know. And um, I, I do want to give uh, you credit for what you're doing. When, when Chris is speaking about what is happening and what the youth are saying, it, it's because he knows firsthand. He and his group, Voice for the Voiceless, are outside of Planned Parenthood and trying to help these women make a different decision 
when when they go in to enter that clinic, whether it's for counseling or whether they're entering it to go abort their baby. And so he's there on the front lines. And I am so grateful for his group and um, the pregnancy. Well, let's see. I don't know if PRC has their own group. I know there's the sidewalk. Well, we, we do help the pre, the Pregnancy Resource Center, and there is a, the uh, sidewalk advocates that are out there with Pro-Life Utah. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Pro-Life Utah, they want to see – the abortion end um, also completely. Um, But they do it a little differently. They're doing it incrementally where we say, you know, we want it to end right now, immediate. Um, And, and we appeal to God's word. When we say that, like uh, you said, it's, you talk to the lawmakers and I want to make sure I'm very clear that I'm not saying that all pro-life pro-life people are, they want to see it end, but then there's the pro-life and I say industry and I call it industry because they are someone who wants to regulate. And that's the upper, the, the lawmakers and that I have not run into any legislators yet that want to end it or that have enough guts to end it completely. And so they, they show their partiality and you can't do that when you say, well, uh, when you're telling People, well, you can't kill these babies, but you can kill these babies. Then what you're doing is you're being a hypocrite. You can't do that. There is no partiality. Yeah, now, it's, you're seeing down in Louisiana right now. Actually, today it's going for a debate on the floor. HB 813 in Louisiana is a equal protection for all. Um, and that will end abortion completely in Louisiana if it was to pass. So this is a fantastic time to see that today. Yeah, so your group has worked really hard getting this particular bill, this kind of language, equal protection, and um, which is it, it abolishes all abortion. And, um, we can go through and, and, and talk about the rape, incest, and life of the mother which is a fallacy. That was just never, that was like a non-issue. They created this, oh my gosh, of course. I mean, there's not a doctor that's not going to think about saving his patient, okay? Oh, let's murder the mom so that we can save the baby. That is never, ever going to be a consideration, okay? But they, they, um, they've been able to throw that out there to pull on heartstrings or whatever, but... Mm-hmm. But um, the rape, I mean, I've met, I've gone back to um, D.C. for the March for Life, and I've met individuals who were product of rape. Mm-hmm. So, where They should have been dead. We should have, they sh- oh, I'm sorry, you were conceived out of rape. You don't have value. We need to, you should be dead. Mm-hmm. Like that's, but they're alive because their parent, their mother did not abort them. And, uh she didn't, I mean, two wrongs. I mean, there, there's that saying, two wrongs do not make a right. You know, rape is wrong, and so is murder. We don't allow the child to take on the sin of that perpetrator who committed the rape. It's, it's such a basic gospel principle that I don't get why people bite into that, you know? And um, adoption is there, it's, and it's very needed. I mean, we don't have enough babies for people that really want to adopt. That's, that's true. I mean, and it's really hard if we have people in our church praying every day that uh, they, they want to adopt a baby. And it's so heartbreaking to see these 
Um, these people go in to Planned Parenthood every day and throw their babies just away like they're garbage and they are not garbage. And we offer um, to help with everything they need, you know, we'll pay for adoption. We have people ready. So that's adoption and not having an adoption uh, family is, is not true. I mean, they, they are there and the, we can, we can give that baby a good life, but you don't kill a baby because of a chance of a bad life. But we right. we're right there. We we have those babe those adoption families ready ready to go. Yeah, we've kind of become a society that makes decisions and God's out of the equation. Mm-hmm. And that happens when you when you have removed yourself from God and allowing God to do His work, His wonder, His miracles, then you are now the God. Right. One that's going to make that decision. Well, based on what I know in my little um, framework of time and space, I deal, I deem that to be a bad place for that child to be raised. I've known of people who have been brought up. In fact, there was, um, there's been movies made. I, I'm trying to remember the name off the top. I'm not, um, it was about someone who was raised, I mean, bad childhood. Ben Carson, Dr. Ben Carson, you know, single parent. A mother. I mean, they tell these black women to abort your baby, right? And she was, ra- you know, he was raised in a um, and very unsavory childhood, and he's a world renowned surgeon. Yeah, <laughs> right. There's no excuse to yeah, to his- say that. Uh, well, they might have a bad life. That's right. And um, yeah, that's why we we want to change um, the language and uh, you know the I guess the pro abortion has done a very good job to, to change the language, to make you think that it's healthcare, to think that it's empowering. And, uh, and that uh, it, it, over the last 53 years, they've, they've worked on this and changed the language to make it sound good. But that's why this is a gospel issue. And we are a Christian organization that is founded on the word of God. And that's what we, we bring the gospel is the power of God to salvation. That is where we go to for truth. And, and it is, um, I mean, he's commanded us not to murder. It's written in our law, in our constitution, which is under God. And we live in this, in this United States under God. So Chris, I have yet to read any version of the Bible. I know there's a lot of it. (laughs) But every version is pretty clear. Thou shalt not clear, kill. There's yeah. no asterisk that says in case of rape or life of the mother. Okay. Right. right. And, and we want to be, um, we, we need to bring, be the salt and the light. We need to be the truth of the gospel. Um, we need to um, uh, expose that darkness. And... Um, well, we, and I would say we need truth. to as hard as it is, as hard as it is, we need to bring the truth to everyone. And that is calling out our, our, um, our, our legislation um, to call out the, the, the apathy, uh, the apathy, even in our, in our church, in our, uh, our daily lives with our friends. Uh, we have to bring that truth. That is loving being loving. You don't let somebody live in sin um, and like you said earlier, 
they've gone through this thinking that it's okay because the world says it is. And then years down the road, we see them too. Years down the road, they've come to us and said, hey, I, I couldn't have kids because I felt like I wasn't worthy of having kids because I killed mine in my youth. And now um, I, I don't know what to do about that. And we say, you know, go to, go to God. Jesus can save that sin, even of abortion. And it's only through Jesus Christ can you find that rest, but you'll always remember it. And we have people even, you know, in our church that have, that have had abortions, but they have gone and, um, you know, to, to God, they, they've, they've received forgiveness from him. You know, I've seen some of the biggest advocates for the pro-life movement are people who have either, um, had performed, had their own abortion or I'm meeting now when I was back in DC, I'm meeting people who survived abortions. Yeah. A woman that I met in DC that was phenomenal. And she is her life um, mission is to, is to end abortion. And she um, survived a saline abortion. And uh, it's uh, her story is amazing. Um, I mean, it's a God story for sure, because and, and, you know, if we, again, remove ourselves from God, and really, um, that is where you can justify and start to listen to the world, because you're, you're not listening to God, you're not following his word. And, and it's hard, because many churches have bought into the, the rape, incest, and life of the mother exceptions. And again, as you mentioned before, you know, God is really clear. It's thou shalt not kill. And, and so um, we need to be listening to his instructions and following his word. And if you err, that's why I tell people uh, on the different bills up at the, up at the Capitol, I go, if you err on the side of God, you you will have the best outcome. Yeah, there is no error on the side yeah, of God. Yeah, if you just like, <laughs> gosh, I'm not sure, but right. maybe God said this, so God go with that. <laughs> you'll have your best outcome. It's good for everyone, you know, when it, when it finally does play out. Um, so we do want to talk about um, the Louisiana bill today that's on the floor because it's a big thing. Your group has been working in numerous states and um, they've been working to get this out of committee. Okay. So those of you that aren't familiar with the bill process, first it gets vetted in a smaller committee um, to decide whether this particular bill should move forward or not. And so far, your efforts have always been thwarted in committee, right? It's never been able to get out on the floor. So last week, this particular bill in Louisiana was able to pass out a committee and get to the floor. And um, we're going to talk more about that. We've got a break coming up, but I want to get um, the um, the input from Chris about what a miracle that is and that it's actually moving forward, that discussion and how important that is. So um, we're going to talk about that. And uh, so stay with us. This is the Liberty Mom podcast. Chris Martinson from Voice of the Voiceless. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Liberty Mom podcast. Chris Kimball is hosting today, and we've been talking, or I have been talking with Chris Martinson of Voice for the Voiceless, and we've been discussing the current issue that has got everyone up in arms in the United States, which is the um, Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision looking at possibly being overturned. It hasn't actually officially had a an opinion yet. It was a leaked document um, that was I'm sh- designed to cause just the uproar that we have right now and hopefully to deter the justices from making their decision. But um, Chris was explaining in the earlier segment that Louisiana is going to be debating a bill today that is, um, they call it equal protection, meaning everyone has equal protection. Because right now in the abortion discussion, the baby is not even discussed. The baby doesn't exist. It's just all about the woman and the mom. It's not about another baby. And so this is a bill that's going to talk about equal protection for both the mother and the baby. And it's exciting because this has moved out of committee finally and onto the floor for discussion. And who knows what will happen today? It, it may move forward. Uh, will it move to the Senate? It was this, is this a house discussion? Yeah, it's, it's in the house right now on the floor for debate. Um, today it went into the committee, it passed committee seven to two. And so now it goes into uh, the House for debate. Yeah, we're at an amazing time with uh, seeing Roe versus Wade and all this coming out. But this is the same bill that we've been putting in. And this is um, end abortion now. And you can can see that uh, and learn more about endabortionnow.com and see that they've been working in uh, all these states and actually going around the world, but working in the state, state by state, fighting for equal protection for all, uh, all the lives, all the babies. And for these bills, uh, you, you'll see a lot of the bills, and I'll give you an example. Texas, Texas had the bill of equal protection in at the same time the heartbeat bill went in. Well, legislation, they end up, legislators will always take that easier bill. And so they threw out the equal protection bill and took the heartbeat bill. And then that went to the Supreme court and the Supreme court said, you can do that in Texas. It's up to Texas, which is of course the 10th, um, 10th amendment supremacy clause. The the states have the right to be able to do that. That's why it's, it's state by state and, and us fighting in Utah, not necessarily all of them at the same time, but each individual state when we get there and that's what happened. See, so we, actually could have probably passed that equal protection bill in Texas, but they took the easy way out. Well, this is the bill in Louisiana, just like in others, the same equal protection that they're calling for. And they're calling them to, to be brave, be, be strong. They should be doing anyway. Yeah. And Louisiana is, um, is more of a conservative state. I would say Mm -hmm. our state. Um, they, uh, they have a, um, I could see them being able to pass that easier than here in Utah, but our legislators, they need, they're not, they're not bold leaders in our, I mean, there's one that I would, um, out of the house, um, representative Lyman, I think mm-hmm. bold yeah. and he's willing to stand up on things, but by and large, we don't have 
bold leadership right now in our um, House and the Senate, for sure. Right. <laughs> and um, and uh, even our governor. Our governor is very um, um, quiet and very um, silent in regards to abortion issues and abortion rights. And, um, but yet they claim to be Republican and they, um, most of them claim to be members of, um, of a church of, you know, believe in God, but, um, they've been very quiet on this, but I'm hoping that if something happens, Louisiana, and we've got new people running for office and, um, that we might actually have a legislator who might be willing to take this up here in Utah in, in next session. Um, especially with, um, you know, Roe v. Wade, whatever happens with that. But it's it really seems to be the climate to be making these kind of changes. I do see that uh, a lot of people starting to rally more behind because um, they're seeing it. And, and I think that a lot of legislators that are in right now are, uh, they're quiet. There's some of them that I think that would get behind it, but they won't run the bill. Then, and I, I'm not sure that they could uh, really um, argue that bill on the House floor to know enough about the equal protection side of it. But I do believe their hearts, in their hearts, they do want abortion to end. They just don't know how to do it because of how long we've been doing this. So, yeah, there's there are people that are looking to run. There are people that have tried to run, but uh, it was kind of a last minute thing for some of them that that with the momentum that they can have, they can win. And and we do have others that will, will be uh, running for office. And I think that you're, you're right. There are, there is a change. There is a change coming. They're going to feel it. They're going to see that pressure up on, uh, on, uh, in the legislation and they're going to need to choose the, the right side. For sure. Well, and you can see, you know, the thing about Satan is he doesn't have a finish line. Well, oh, I guess, well, he doesn't <laughs> have a finish line. Yes, he, <laughs> he has his own finish line. But what I'm saying is, you know, people just think it's about abortion and about the baby in the womb. And we know now that is way beyond because it, it used to be, well, we're not sure if life is at conception. We don't have the technology. There's no ultrasounds. We can't tell. So maybe we're not really sure when life begins. That was based on the Supreme Court ruling in 73. And now look at where abortion has evolved into late term, day before, right before birth. It's okay to kill a baby. And now California wants to have a 28-day grace period to murder the baby outside of the womb. That's all under the auspice of abortion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it doesn't end. And that tells you that it was never about the help of the mother mm-hmm. because now it's about terminating the baby outside of the womb. Yeah. Well, and, and also the states now that are even in some of these very pro-life quote unquote pro-life states are putting in uh extra funding to get people to come to their state to kill the baby, even late term abortion. We had just one a couple of weeks ago that that was 30 weeks that they were going to, uh, they were being offered a full ride, uh, everything to go to Colorado to kill their baby at 30 weeks because they weren't going to be able to do it here. Um, so to, to say, well, 
there's a time limit or anything. There's no time limit. They work it out to where they can do, do that. That's why we need to do this across the nation. We're doing it state by state, but it needs to be across the nation. There's no um, thou shalt not murder except for in these states under these conditions. You're right. It, right. it is all that. And that's why we use the gospel too. I mean, the gospel um, is the foundation. We need this repentance and to say, going back to earlier, if, if the, the women saying, calling them all victims is saying that if you're a victim, then you don't need forgiveness because it's not your fault. But this, they, we all need forgiveness from Jesus Christ. We all need, need to turn to him. And God's word doesn't come back void. We share the gospel and it comes back. It comes back at us and it comes back at us hard. But I, well, I, I love the fact that it, it is what, what you're doing. You know, you bring Jesus to these people. You are, um, that is part of your ministry is not only, you know, you're there to help protect the baby, the mother, but you're also there to bring Christ back into their life because that is usually where people are getting into trouble to begin with is when he is not there or they've not focused on following his way and so, yes, that, that changing, that repenting, that turning back towards Christ is going to help them um, get through this crisis that they're in and also the rest of their life. They need that. We all need it. And what an amazing gift that they see uh, immediately. I mean, from the, the stress, the questions, the things that they're going through when they come in to see such an immediate change just by hearing we can help you can do this. And the ones that, that don't, that have those arguments anywhere, not, not just in front of Planned Parenthood, but uh, at, at, uh, on the street, you know, they, they start coming back with their bankrupt arguments and all I have to do when they start telling me about the, well, what if this happens and what if that happens, we've been doing this for two years now and I just start scrolling through my phone and I get to say, look at this baby. That's the one that you're talking about right now. Look at this mother. She's holding her baby, smiling, loving that baby. That's the one you're talking about. And I can do that. I can continue to do that through my phone. And it, it is amazing. And, um, and we, we have those exceptions that we're, we're helping and we're living with now uh and and they become a part of our family see that's why what you're doing is so important and voice for the voiceless is a volunteer organization and i know that you um funding would be very helpful for you to educate others to continue your work so how can people reach out and become part of your organization or to help support it what would they need to do yeah well we uh you can go right to our website is voice for the voiceless dot life. Make sure you put the dot life in there. You can also find us on Facebook at Utah's voice for the voiceless. And uh, of course, uh, donate donations are, are great. That's um, we, we don't take funding. This is completely volunteer. I don't take any funding. All the money that we, we do give or receive we use directly to those moms and those babies for um, housing, 
helping them get jobs, transportation, hospital costs, uh, costs of adoption. Um, all of those things go directly to the mom. So that's the best way. And also staying um, up to date on what we're doing here in Utah with legislation, because that's where we need to, to end it. And so being involved with legislation, getting to know what we're doing and, and what we mean when we say equal protection, um, but and, and how that applies to all lives, 100%, not the 99%, but the all of them, even those exceptions that are, that are wicked exceptions because they don't apply um, the way that they're, they're put in there. We still help all of them, which we've gone through in detail. And um, and so that's how the best way to do it, I I think is to stay on, on Utah's voice of the voiceless on Facebook. You can email me right through there. You can, my phone number's on there. And I'll, I'll take calls and talk to anybody at any time. Well, I uh, appreciate your work. And that's one of, this is one of the organizations that I give to um, monthly because I, I've seen the work that you've done. I've been in, I've had your phone <laughs> show me pictures of these moms. It's me when there's, we've been in meetings. Um, we were in a conference, a one day conference back in the fall and Chris had to just leave. He had to get up and leave because they were in the middle of supporting um, a woman who was going to go in for an abortion and had changed her mind. And so they went to be with her right on the spot and help her make um, the next step decisions on what that would look like. And they stay with them every step of the way. And they um, are helping them with buying supplies, diapers, clothes, whatever they need, as you mentioned before. And so that money is being well spent. So if you're someone who really, gosh, I, I, I really uh, want to support pro-life, well, this is one of the best ways for you to help on the front line, the battle line, when these women are going in to abort and they're being intercepted and um, God's being you know, his work is happening right there, but it takes money to help these women with that next step. You can't just, you know, send them off and go home and, hey, you made the choice. Thank you. No, you're there to support. It takes money and funding. So I'm hoping that those of you that are listening today will um, make a decision to um, reach out and support um, an organization like this, Voice for the Voiceless. And, uh, and be engaged. The other thing I think is important is we as citizens of Utah need to contact our legislators and tell them you want abortion ended in, this, in Utah. See, if they start hearing from the people, their constituents, that we want abortion ended, that we want equal protection for babies and mothers, then they'll, they'll get some courage. But if they think they're the only ones that are going to just, you know, um, throw up the banner of uh, abolitionists, they they won't do it. They need to hear from us. Yeah, and uh, that's a, a a good point too. Is that when they hear abolition, uh, that that wall goes up and that flag goes up. But really, what um, what we're saying is we want that equal protection for um, all these. And we want every life protected. That's saying that they get the same protection as the 
we get um, outside the womb as you get inside the womb. It is a human life. So it's, uh, it's important to use that language with them, ending it completely, no exceptions, and equal protection. Well, Chris, thank you for joining me today and um, sharing the work that you do. And thank you for all. Yeah, thank you for having me. Protect the lives of our precious babies that are in the womb and don't have a voice. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, voiceforthevoiceless.com. Dot, dot life. Oh, sorry. Voice, yep. voice, voice for the voiceless dot life. Dot life. Reach out to them. And Chris, thank you again. Thank you. It's your work. Thanks. Bye. Okay, as we um, finish up our final few minutes, I'm excited to bring on Tina Horlocker. She is um, sponsoring and putting together a huge event here in Utah next month in June. And so, Tina, um, tell our listeners a little bit about what you've got coming up so that they can um, figure out and sign up and get get involved. Thank you for having me, Chris. All right, so I I was part of a, a group of people who um, planned the We Can Act Liberty Conference. And so I had a group of veterans that came to me a couple of months ago, and they um, do security and had taken some dignitaries down to the border to allow the dignitaries to see what was going on at the border. And, and, the, and the veterans were so appalled and concerned by what they saw on the border that they came back and they came to me and they begged me to help them put on an event to bring awareness to what is going on at the border. So that's kind of how it started out. Um, we need to know what is going on at the border. And, and so we, so we're holding this event. It's called the Utah Liberty Festival Armor of Truth. And we will be honoring our veterans, but we will also have some amazing speakers. And some of the topics that we are going to be discussing are the invasion. We're calling it an invasion at the border. Also, um, election fraud. We've got to make people aware of what is going on with election fraud, or we will never be secure in our elections again. We need to also understand that the media has betrayed us, that, that there's hardly any news that we can get on any, on any mainstream media that we can trust. And we need to know that so we will stop walking around with masks on our faces and, and participating in things that really are designed to um, hurt us. Um, so another topic that we'll be discussing are political prisoners. Chris, you and I were in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, and I know you know that there are literally political prisoners in Washington, D.C. right now in prison cells who were there on January 6th with us and charged with insurrection. And you and I both know that that's all a lie. And there there are veterans, special force veterans, that are in prison right now. And we should we should be much alarmed at that. That, um, that is probably the most tragic and... Um... Uh, the biggest travesty of this whole thing is that these individuals are not being given their um, constitutional rights to a speedy trial process, all of that, um, habeas corpus, none of, all of that is being ignored. Right. Deplorable. That's right. It is, it is, it is deplorable. Um, another topic that we're going to talk about that not a lot of people are talking about is the cover up of the mass shooting in Las Vegas. 
And, you know, why do we have no answers? What, why do we believe that really it was a lone gunman that was, you know, up, yeah. you know, 10 stories high that took out 58 people with headshot? You know, it, it's insane. It is insane what we are expected to believe. And we need to know the truth. We absolutely need to know the truth. And we're going to continue to talk about COVID vaccine injuries and those topics, because again, they are just topics that we must be aware of. So it's, 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 it's going to be a lot of truth. And, um, and, and that's why we're calling it the armor of truth, because we, when we're armed with information with truth, we can make better decisions. And like I said, we're just not getting that in the media. So we brought together a phenomenal list of speakers and starting with the border, we've got Rear Admiral Chuck Kubik. He was on Trump's, um, he was one of his, he was like the Secretary of Defense um, under President Trump. And he's going to be talking about what is going on in the border, along with Tom Homan. And um, they both are down there on the border fighting hard to, to protect it and, and to keep terrorists from coming across our borders. And we also have uh, Cash Patel. Cash Patel was President T- President Trump's um, secretary of uh, his chief of staff, and he has a lot of insider information. Knows all about, about the Russia collusion and um, other things that went on during Trump's presidency, and, and he knows all about John Durham and what's going on there. So he's going to be able to fill us in on a lot of things that we're just not getting other places. On top of that, we have Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer. He's actually of Space Force. I didn't really know Space Force was a real thing, but apparently it is. And we're going to hear about how he has had to stand up against the wokeness that's taking, that's taking over the military and just causing us all kinds of problems in the military. He was, he was actually relieved of his duties because he was standing up for what was right there. Mindy Robinson is an actress turned investigative journalist. She's the one who's going to be telling us about the Las Vegas cover-up. Um, and uh, she's also running for, uh, for office there in Las Vegas. But she's, she did Route 91. Have you seen that? Route 91? I have not seen that. Oh, my word. It is unbelievable. I think if you go on Rumble and you search Route 91, You'll be able to watch it. It's it's a two-hour documentary, but it'll blow your mind. Um, we have um, John Harvey. We have Congressman Madison Cawthorn that's going to be coming. Uh, Nathan Osmond is going to be our MC, and he also is going to be putting on a concert that evening. So we really are, it's, and that will be fun and light and healing and patriotic. It, it's just going to be an amazing event. So, Tina, tell everyone, we've got maybe about a minute left, tell everyone about how they can go about getting their tickets and what's available for them. Okay, so first I want to say that we are recommending children ages 12 and up to come because our children need to be aware of this also. This is not just an adult topic. This is for the youth. They need to know what is going on. They're going to be shouldering the burden of all of this for many years to come. So they need to understand what's going on so they also won't be deceived. But you can go to utahlibertyfestival.com and you can purchase a ticket there. We have kept ticket prices low. Our early bird actually ends on on Saturday. 
and um, we've kept our ticket prices low. On on Friday, on our Friday event, it's um, a dinner and reception where we will have an intimate setting with um, um, Admiral Chuck Kubik and Cash Patel. So that that's going to be really interesting. So go there. You can get more information, but don't put off getting your ticket. Get it now. Yeah, Tina, thank you for coming on and sharing that. That's going to be a big event. I'm getting my ticket today. And thank you for putting that together. That's a lot, a lot of work. So yeah. But what a great way for us to honor our veterans and get educated. So thank you for being part of the Mom podcast this week. And we look forward to having you listen in next week. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.